How's my volume, by the way? Because you're nice and I hear you. I hear you in my ear. Okay, great. You're so snug in my ear. Okay, so mine is this is just like a. I don't know if anybody else is at all experiencing this right now, but uh, it's something that is easily fixable, I think. Um, but right now, basically, I have completely abandoned my calendar because, um, you know, I had my I have a physical, you know, ca- paper scheduler that I like to use. And, uh, sure. you know, as soon as we got quarantined and everything got canceled, I've abandoned it. And so but inst- but I still have like things that I have to do and also like meetings that are all online and like schedules for that. So I've been uh, just writing all of those things on individual post-its. And uh, because I don't, I was just like, that seems like the best method to see stuff. And it's not, uh, but I don't know what to do, (laughs) but it makes me feel like a crazy person with like looking for the right post-it for today's meetings. Uh, So I just want to get rid of that new organization methodology that I've found that does not work. Right. Uh, It sounds like you do know what to do. Um, right. I guess it just, seems like go, it's just go back to using back. the calendar. <laughs> but there's so it's so funny because I think to because to go back to the calendar, what I'd have to do because my calendar has like relatively small boxes for each day, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But I've I've got all these things written in those boxes that are things that I was supposed to be doing all these days, and I'd oh. have to like erase them or like cross them off. Okay. And that well, what you can, what you sad. can do is you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, you have two. You have two other options. Okay. One is, well, you, actually, three. <gasps> do I? Yeah. Cool. Tell me. One is, go find a blank calendar for the month, print mm. it out, Whoa. and then just write on that sheet of paper. So it is, in a way, kind of like a post-it note, but but like all your post-it notes are just on one piece of paper. And that way you don't have to, you know, you're just looking for the date instead of the post-it note. But the other thing, you, the option number two, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just using your like Google calendar or using Mm -hmm. the calendar that's on your phone. Mm -hmm. Um, And then option three, because a lot of people don't like using calendars on their phone because it's like, it might as well not be there. The fact that like there's not a physical calendar to go to means that like right. you still end up double committing yourself because like you're not you don't you can't you don't go oh uh, let me check my calendar. It just like might as well not exist. Mm-hmm. You can open up that Google Calendar and print that Google Calendar out. Get so out then of here. yeah yeah boom you're there. <laughs> You, do you made it. me lose my voice. I was so shocked. I, by it's that such idea. a good idea that it's like such a good yeah. No, I yeah. I did that for a while and it was very productive. So productive, I I had to stop doing it um, <laughs> just because I I shocked myself by my own productivity. Wow, wow, that's a problem I'd love to have right now. Yeah, so. um, I, I you I haven't had that problem since I I nipped that problem right in the bud. <laughs> good um, job. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm having a similar, uh, uh, the conundrum I'm in, I, it's the same deal, right? This this whole isolation, you know, Mm -hmm. it is this weird thing of like, well, wait, life is going on or it's not going on. Am I on vacation? Is it a long weekend? Or do I need to just try to 
make it work as best as possible. The thing that I want to give up is um, I'm giving up having given up (laughs) showering. (laughs) Yes, I support that. I support that. On on behalf of your family that you now are with every day, I also support that. (laughs) I mean, that's the thing. First off, you know, I because I've I fled the city. I'm not in the, like I found that that much like not being able to like it adds an additional layer. Mm. You know, it's like not only can I not go outside, I also am like in like a further level of inside. I feel like mm-hmm. you've got outside, just in your apartment, just in your bedroom, no longer in your bedroom in your childhood bedroom. I feel like that's like. <laughs> an extra level of retreat and yeah. and so like you know i'm like well what the hell do i have to take a shower for and then that means that like day three i'm like what is that oh me um <laughs> the other the other aspect is that like you know i feel like a number of people are talking about things like this that like you have to impose a regimen to give yourself a sort of, you know, almost like as a mental health check, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've get, like taking a shower, doing my hair, like taking pride in sort of personal grooming and a daily routine is actually a way to like have a more positive uh, mental health outlook in terms mm-hmm. of getting through isolation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I it's need true. To, yeah, yeah. I think it does help. Also, I mean, right. just generally for you, do you feel like I just really like showering, you know, like it's like a, a enjoyable experience. Well, I, I, you know, I do. However, you know, I like, I like my soaps. And Uh, so when I go to, you know, Charleston and I'm not using my soaps in a way, I actually don't like the way my body feels in these these alien soaps. Um, I feel like my skin is, you know, more chapped in greater need of exfoliation. Mm. You know, these are, yeah. it's, it, it's, it's difficult. Um, it's difficult. You know, and I, and the other thing is like, I don't have any, like, I don't have any checks, you know, you. Checks mix? You, I don't have any checks mix. That's Can't go sad. to the store to get checks yeah. mix. Yeah, wow. No, I know I don't have any checks. Like, like I'm just I'm surrounded by family. They're not really paying. They're not going to pay attention. They don't mm-hmm. like. I don't necessarily. I'm not invested in what they they think. You know, like yeah. You know, I don't have anybody that like. It's not like you know, you like you know I don't. You live with Quinn. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know you don't. I'm sure that you and Quinn probably don't aren't like oh I have to shower every day just so that I can earn the love of my spouse but right. there's probably a degree to which you don't want to be slovenly for your spouse um sure. i don't feel that at all from for 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 my family um right right i have no uh spouse to speak of um <laughs> yeah no 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 nothing um mm-hmm. so it's just like that the said zero waste zoom call that the aforementioned zoom call man seeing myself on that being like i gotta i'm gonna cut this camera feed because uh, this is wow <laughs> you can uh, smell me from <laughs> right zoom. Uh, like you know it, you know uh, uh 
I'm reading, you know, Moby Dick, and they're talking. They keep talking. The dude keeps talking about whale oil, and I'm just like thinking about the <laughs> oil that my body is producing. Quite literally, I this that that's yeah. Is that hyperbole? Sure. What's not hyperbole is that I was playing a game with my brother. We were throwing the football, and like it was about like catching it. You know, like they were just certain points related to catching the ball that I mm. literally made a point of running my hands through my hair before throwing it so that hopefully the ball would be more uh, greasy so that he uh, couldn't catch it. All right, Steven, go shout. Let's pause. Pause the podcast. No, no, no. Hey, no, 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 no. Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I have showered. Okay. The I was, we were watching one of the movies for today and I was like, I turned him and was like, dude, I, I, he was like, can we, we do something outside? And I was like, Michael, I think I have to, I think I have to shower before <laughs> I do absolutely anything else. And then I stopped and I was like, well, shit, it doesn't make sense to like shower and then go do some stuff outside because like, right. the, I mean, who knows how long it'll be before I shower again. I can't kick <laughs> off this clean body by fucking rubbing it in the dirt so yeah. i like waited just that 45 minute period to shower so you can feel confident that i didn't get i didn't my hair wasn't so oily that i could do that mm. and then i waited a day great <laughs> no i did it immediately <laughs> well i'm very happy to hear it and oh, how, no. how did how did that shower feel um, you know, I, it didn't, it didn't wash the shame away for having <laughs> waited so long. I can tell you that. Sure. Um, sure. Well, remember that feeling, right. Stephen. Remember as you go forward. Right. <laughs> I agree. Shower can I, wash I, away yeah, a lot of things. Remember the shame. But not things, shame. But, but not shame. <laughs> oh. oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm just thinking of all the context in which. I know. That painful. could be used. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, perhaps in that uh, case, we should. Well, on uh, that note, yeah, let's dive into the late nineties. <laughs> yes, welcome to Should We Keep This, the cultural view podcast that's living la vida loca as we look back over the past <laughs> fifty years of trying that loving thing for the last time, be it in film, music, television, or the weekend, or a one night stand, challenging your nostalgia, <laughs> kissing you under the broken treehouse because you don't want no scrubs. No, angel of mine, you want to get at the question. Wow. Do you believe in life after love? <laughs> I'm a genie in a bottle, baby. With all this, God, what a good year in music. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, and I am a flabbergasted Gina in a bottle. And today we're hitting it, baby, one more time. That's right. It's 1999, what? and we're about to talk about Star Wars Episode One and The Sixth Sense. Oh, I yeah. just cannot. I'm sorry. I'm still cannot get over all those amazing songs. Wow! 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 Yeah. Wow! 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 I Every, I actually yeah. didn't even fit in. Uh, Heartbreak Hotel by wow. Whitney Houston, which <laughs> I had no. I. I I I guess I kind of remembered it, but when I listened to it, I was like, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, maybe I'm thinking of. The other Elvis heartbreak. Presley's heartbreak yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah. what I'm I'm like, wait, she doesn't sound like that, does she? <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it sounds a little bit like uh 
like careless whisper because even now i literally was listening to it this morning trying to brainstorm ways to incorporate it and i'm still thinking like should have known better than to cheat a friend good feet have got no rhythm um yeah it's literally all i really wanted was some other time instead you told me lies with someone else was on your mind what you do to me look what you did to me that's that's. I that thought that you were someone oh, who would do still, me right. Until you okay. played with my emotions and you made me cry. Okay, what you do to going. me? We're still. What you do to me? No, I don't know. Can't take what you did to me. It's really good. Really good. Um, amazing. Well, okay. Um, but we are sadly not talking about those songs. Um, we are talking about those two movies you mentioned. Um, yeah. And uh, Gina, why are we talking about The Sixth Sense? Yes. Great question. So, okay. So the actual, so The Sixth Sense is not, was not the Best Picture winner of 1999. We are breaking form because the actual <sighs> Best Picture winner of 1999 was none other than, are you okay there? <laughs> than uh, the I'm movie just, um, American asking. Beauty. Uh, so, and there are many reasons why we did not want to watch this movie, uh, again. It honestly, it's, this used to be, American Beauty was one of, was my favorite movie for so, so long. Um, uh, uh, because I just didn't know, you know, I was, I was under the veil that we all, that, oh, totally. that pa- patriarchal culture had us under for so long. Um, but you know, with both the fact that, uh, it is, you know, Kevin Spacey, uh, in a starring role about, you know, having lust for a teenage girl, uh, and that in the movie is a great thing. Uh, it just, yeah, not a movie that we, a, would I'm sorry. Keep. I'm still waiting for something that I, is wrong. Well, what, that was, what is, <laughs> funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we know that we wouldn't keep it and I don't want to, and wherever it's tallied that you're watching a movie for some bit of data, mm. I don't want anybody to think that Stephen and I have like added a tally <laughs> to like people are want to watch this movie right now. Um, right. So we have decided to not watch that movie. Uh, and instead, actually, and The Sixth Sense was also Best Picture nominee and it was the second highest grossing film of 99. So it works. It, it works for that reason. And also, and there were obviously multiple Best Picture nominees, but this was the one that we felt had the most sort of lasting cultural mm. impact. So we thought it would be a, a good one to dive into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's like different because the second I, I saw that, um, you know what? I don't care. I'm gonna I'm gonna give away a little bit of my uh, my my thunder. But uh, no. even though it lost, uh, Star Wars lost its three like effects nominations to the Matrix. Like I sat there going like, oh, the Matrix. Ah, God, the Matrix. We could have done the Matrix. It, in a way, it's it's kind of the same movie, like thematically and also <laughs> in in terms of genre. Um, interesting, interesting. Yeah, as so, the sixth sense. I mean, no, as Star Wars. Oh, it's oh that we could have done Star Wars and we could have done the no, Matrix no, no, no. instead of. Star what Wars. I'm saying is oh. like, I, I'm glad that we did the Sixth Sense instead of the Matrix because the Matrix is sci-fi just like Star Wars. Mm. It's you know, uh, Christ narrative just like Star Wars Episode One. Um, sure. Like, there's just so many similarities in terms of both uh, content and genre that like I'm I'm glad that we did not do it. Yes, I will try to hold any sense of 
subjectivity to this sentence. Uh, but I'll just say The Matrix is a fucking great movie, though. <laughs> oh, it's a great movie. It's not about that. Oh, yeah. No, no, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. I know. Uh, I just, I just am worried that somebody might hear this and be like, "Wait, Stephen thinks well, that no, those I'm are glad relatively that we're talking equal, about the superior movie. movie. I'm, I'm glad that we're talking yeah, about yeah, episode sure, one. Sure. The superior. If we're going to talk about uh, any sure. late '90s sci-fi <laughs> Christ narratives, I'm so glad it's Star Wars Episode One and not The Matrix. Oh, the, the, the yes. superior movie, indeed. Thank um, you. Yes, thank you for clarifying. Excellent. Sorry, I um, know that I'm not supposed to be subjective, but I know, I know. Well, movie. you just yeah. can't help. You can't help it when a movie is I, so yeah. good. You when know, I'm when it's overpowered, just... really. Exactly. Like, exactly. I had to take a shower after this movie because it was so good, <laughs> and I could not wash the shame of its goodness away. You can't. Um, you can't. You can never no. do that. Um, all right. Well, let's jump in. So I don't know which one you watched first. I watched Star Wars first. Um, Star Wars, so let's start I with did. that one. Oh, Star Wars. You- we did. So this is, um, I got two for this year. Um, this is certainly the year of the preteen male lead. Um, mm-hmm. Because we've, of course, got both the incredibly famous Jake Lloyd and the slightly famous, but far less famous, Haley Joel Osment. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, it's also the year, it's a very related one, but the year of supernatural blonde boys. Um, <laughs> because that is true about both of them. <laughs> yep. Um, so Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. This was the top-grossing film of 1999, um, and this is what happens. So it's set in the Star Wars universe, obviously, um, but it's a prequel. Uh, so in the beginning of the film, the Trade Federation is upsetting order in the Galactic Republic by blockading the peaceful planet of Naboo in preparation for an invasion. Um, the leader of the Galactic Republic sends for Jedi Master Qui-Gon Jinn and his apprentice Obi-Wan Kenobi to uh, negotiate with the Viceroy of the Trade Federation to try to figure out what's going on and see if they could, you know, find find some peace. Uh, but evil Darth Sidious, who is secretly backing the Trade Federation, orders the Viceroy to kill the Jedis and to begin invading Naboo. The Jedis escape and befriend an outcast named Jar Jar Binks, who is a Gungan, which is a alien race that lives on Naboo. Um, and Jar Jar Binks helps them rescue Naboo's human queen, Padme Amidala, and escape from the planet, heading for the Republic capital planet of Coruscant so they can see if they can sort out this badness. Um, but on the way, their ship is damaged, and they have to make a stop in the desert planet of Tatooine. We've heard this name before. Um, <laughs> where they meet a young Anakin Skywalker, who is only We've nine years old. We've heard this name before. Only nine years old, but already a gifted pilot and engineer who Qui-Gon Jinn believes to be the prophesied chosen one who will bring balance to the Force. Um, after some very, very thrilling pod racing, uh, which Anakin is super great at, uh, Anakin goes off with the Jedis to become Qui-Gon's new apprentice, despite the Jedi Council's caution that he's vulnerable to the dark side of the Force. Uh, Queen Amidala learns that the Senate is rife with corruption, and our heroes return to Naboo to do battle against the droid army of the Trade Federation, while the Jedis battle a Sith named Darth Maul, who proves that the Sith have indeed arisen in the galaxy, the Jedi thought that they were an extinct order. Um, Qui-Gon is killed in battle, and he makes Obi-Wan promise that he will train the young Anakin in the ways of the Force. And that's basically the movie. Yep. Uh, yep. So this movie made 
115 it was made for 115 million dollars it made 924.3 million is the second highest worldwide gross at the time in history second only to titanic uh i've already said that it lost its academy awards wow. to the matrix but it was nominated to uh for sound effects editing visual effects and sound now this happened but this came out 16 years after return of the jedi and to me it feels like that's not much time at all whereas like like at the time it felt like i guess it was because i was born and star wars was already out that like star wars was out forever um mm. but like 16 years i feel like if people still when the new grinch came out two years ago people were like uh the jim carrey one only just came out and then, <laughs> yeah. and then you look at it, it's like oh wait that came out in 2000 yeah whoa um mm. now uh this movie lucas approached uh robert zemeckis uh ron howard and steven spielberg to direct the film all three uh denied and said that that lucas should direct um mm. so he ended up directing it now we've got a number of heavy hitters that we've already talked about many of them from other star wars movies um george lucas john williams uh frank oz kenny baker anthony daniels ian mcdearmond then uh we also have Samuel L. Jackson, who we talked about in Do the Right Thing, and Liam Neeson, who we talked about in Schindler's List. Um, mm -hmm. Now, another person who was famous at the time, uh, Pernilla August. She played um, uh, Anakin's mom. She's a big mm -hmm. Swedish, Swedish actress. She didn't really have a big film career because she works in Swedish theater. She's like a big Swedish actress in the theater there. Um, oh, wow. Now, in terms of uh, who was like made by this movie it brought uh ewan mcgregor into sort of international acclaim he had been in train spotting before this and a few english movies um but this plus uh in two years he would be in moulin rouge those mm -hmm. these two movies together made him a household name and then also natalie portman this was her main transition into like out of being a child actor she had been in the professional and she had been in a few movies but around this time she the movie she was getting cast in she was actually um getting passed over because she was too young like one of the movies apparently that she was cast in but then the producers were like nope is romeo and juliet the the leo oh. movie yeah, yeah yeah of course huh. and so uh but the producers thought she was too young um also at this time she was um finishing up high school and then also like going to harvard um and i looked yeah. at some of the the psychological papers that she wrote because like a number of them are published and they're like pretty amazing um there's a study that she did about uh studying the temporal lobe in children to examine object permanence as the frontal lobe matures wow i'm like damn, damn. That's, that's um, amazing 
but then uh and then also this movie uh is the people who were not made famous but were in this movie Jake Lloyd um who I think is an interesting foil to another character that we'll talk about later um and I don't mean Haley Joel Osment um he never really worked again because after this movie he was just bullied so intensely in school that he never acted he just like he acted in almost very few things and also just never had any sort of star wars memorabilia or anything um yeah uh some cool things the stunts all the jumping and things the stunt coordinator was like i don't like the way this that that wires look um where they did everything with air rams so which is basically a pneumatic catapult basically so like highly pressurized air is used to catapult the actors which is like so they're (laughs) like actually jumping in a lot of those jumps which is just so cool um and then something that uh the the sets were built because like it's so cgi dependent the sets were built to the height of the actors. Like that's how high all the sets were built. Um, Which Hmm. with the exception of of the Naboo buildings, the Naboo buildings were, uh, they used uh, a a town in Italy for Hmm. some the ones that they were inside. Hmm. Um, Yeah. So now in terms of its relevance, there's um, this like, spawned basically the star wars like universe that we have today in terms of like before this yes there were action figures but in terms of the video games in terms of uh tv shows in terms of like new merchandise legos at the this expanded the 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 idea of the profitability of the Star Wars uh, saga, and so mm. it's once once this comes out, you see a rapid acceleration of of Star Wars memorabilia and like and TV shows and things. Mm. Now, also from and video games, this this one specifically. In addition to the episode one video game, there was also a racing, an N64 pod racing game that was mm. made. Um, the Weird Al, there's a Weird Al song to the tune of American Pie that just details uh, Anakin Skywalker um, <laughs> in, in this movie. Um, uh, now, it also, in terms of like quotes and things, mm-hmm. Um, do you have any quotes that that you remembered being like, ooh, this was big? Not particular quotes, uh, but like, I don't know. This is like, it's not a quote, but this is the first one. This one introduces the idea of like midi-chlorians, which like got then referenced in the future of like this questionable thing about like some special thing in the Jedi's blood. Um, but that's mm-hmm. not like a quote quote. Um, like I know it got mm-hmm. spoofed in like Parks and Rec and I think a couple other places. Uh, and then like general. Quote it. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, we used to quote. We used to do things like, um, like blue, it's the boy. Red, mm. his mother. And mm. then also mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the you know credits will do fine. And also, <laughs> oh yeah, fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Oh yeah, hate leads to suffering. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And then, so something which is really cool. just a spoof or like a spin off of the original quote from the original movie from Yoda. Right. But, yeah. um, but the, um, well, they're both from Yoda. So, really, in episode, episode five, one, he's in episode five, he's actually referencing himself in the past, which, <laughs> Wait, is, which, well, hadn't we, hap- which is also in the future because it hasn't happened oh yet. Oh my God. <laughs> um, and then, now, like, the other thing is, this I, this is a very, this is my pretentious moment of the day, I think. But All right, we'll see. I think that Jonathan Williams getting to, like, claim that he wrote The Duel of Fates, the, like, the, scene, the song at the end of, uh, for the, the lightsaber fight. Mm-hmm. It to me, it is so incredibly derivative of O Fortuna in Carmina Burana that, like, <laughs> he should. It should. Everything should lead with that. I mean, mm. it's just so similar. Y'all all know I, it. Y'all know I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. <laughs> You're a big Carl Orte. Uh sure (laughs) that is your one for the day you were right you were right (laughs) well honestly the song sounds so similar that if i were to play one for you you would be like Mm. no matter which one i said it was you would believe me and then i would play it again switching them and you wouldn't notice well great cool i believe you and so uh, he ready to vote on this bad boy? I am. I am. I feel, and this is a perhaps a nice lead into the vote. But I feel like the only the other thing to me that like is culturally significant about this that has like lasted as a reference point is just like the uh, I don't know how to say this without being subject, subject but like the or like it's just like a thing that has been talked about a lot you can is name like the, the character the, the question of like racist stereotypes for mm-hmm. some characters in the movie you know and like that that's a, a lingering thing that has like last outlasted perhaps like the plot of this movie being something that we remember and stuff like that yeah um, it yeah yeah and also you know what something that this kicks off uh is at the time you know Unlike unlike the movies that come out now, that mm-hmm. everyone just like the second it comes out, people just fucking rip it a new one. Mm-hmm. I don't remember people abjectly hating this movie at the time. Once, well, I think I feel like I feel the like... second movie came out, then it became a thing to hate the prequels, and now the prequels are like this thing that we don't talk about. But I, I don't know, because I think it's, I remember being like, if I would be curious to ask like people of my parents' generation, especially people who like loved Star Wars or even just honestly, like 
people of my parents' generation, whether or not they loved Star Wars in the beginning or not. Because like I remember being a kid and being like, cool, it's a cool movie because it was sort of my introduction into Star Wars. Um, So but I don't but I I I feel like I mean, and maybe actually I can just like look up reviews and whatever that came out at the time. But, you know, that as far as like the acclaim that this movie got, if uh, it was colored by the fact that people were like what the f- what is this <laughs> you know well um, i mean i i'm i don't know because the you know what we saw with things like return not return of the jedi um like empire strikes back you know mm-hmm. that's basically the exact opposite situation where despite being this despite being the highest grossing movie of the year despite being the sequel to the highest grossing movie of the year that its prequel came out empire strikes back was was critically panned and now it's regarded as like one of the greatest movies in the in the saga if not the greatest Mm. so in terms of those movies i i i don't know um Mm. but Mm -hmm. but it is it's just it's just interesting i remember this movie i seeing it i liked it so much that i uh my i my dad shout out to being a being a good dad um we stayed and we sat and we waited for it to play again and we just immediately mm. watched it a second time in um, the theaters oh in the what theater, a good dad yeah. cuz i can't imagine um, your dad enjoying that experience but maybe you know i don't know yeah maybe i mean do. i don't i don't know like i mean it's a it's it's definitely a thoughtless movie Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, thinking about it is definitely not going to help you out. Um, <laughs> You're right. You know, it knows? does sound like it does sound like. Yeah, let's vote. Let's vote. Because let's think, vote. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's uh, vote. Uh, all right. Uh, uh, one, <laughs> all right. Uh, a, a two. Uh, two. A three. Three. Uh, get rid yeah, of this no. damn no. movie. <laughs> get it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, yes, there's so many, it's just like, you can't look past, it's not even, if it's not even that the only problem with this movie is the like incredibly obvious, uh, though probably unintentional, uh, racist stereotypes of multiple alien characters. Like that's, it's not, you know, like that's not, and that's not even the half of it of why this movie isn't good you know so like yeah um, i have a few i have a few bullets under racism um mm -hmm. (laughs) but and a a few and like a couple bullets under women but the majority Mm -hmm. of my bullets are just under bad yeah yes agreed agreed yeah yeah absolutely right like i mean so so of course to start with just like the thing that we all like the most the most referenced uh racism thing you know being jar jar banks as a character um uh, who you know is just like uh a like it's unquestionable it's just unquestionable yeah and it's funny because i was looking at like george lucas saying like once he heard these these uh accusations as he called them or whatever you know he was like that's crazy like we weren't thinking that that's just the that says more about like the mindset of like the commentators than it does of the filmmakers but it's like no actually what it says is no. about your subliminal your own like uh you know inherent bias that you just have as a person 
as a white person. You know what I mean? Like, because mm-hmm. it's just like, it, yeah, you probably, I agree. I believe that you nece- weren't necessarily thinking about it, uh, but that doesn't matter because like the bias is still very obvious uh, right. in Jar Jar and in Wado, the greedy Jewish shopkeeper and in the viceroys yeah. of the trade federation with their East Asian accents. And like, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just and, and honestly, the the Watto, I didn't mm-hmm. notice it at the time. I think, but that's also because I was nine in an area that, that didn't have many Jewish people for me to be like aware of. So like, totally. I just wasn't cognizant of, cognizant of anti-Semitism in general. But like, mm-hmm. not only does he say the line. Mind tricks don't work on me, only money. Um, yeah, God. The, um, <laughs> people criticized it as being Fagan esque from, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of like Oliver. Well, the animator, like, said he based <laughs> the animations on Alec Guinness, OG Obi Wan, his mm-hmm. Fagan. Mm-hmm. So, like, it is based on that. Like it is an anti-Semitic trope right. by design, not even by accident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, yeah. Sebulba. Sebulba. I was like, oh, yeah. Why does nobody talk about this? Because this <laughs> yeah. dude is. This is a racist fucking depiction. Yeah. Jesus. Sebulba. Yeah, yeah. They're just everywhere, and it's also like, I mean, they're. I I think the only the the only human who is a person of color i'm forgetting now the character's name oh my god on the jedi council uh oh, um, by Samuel well, L. he's Jackson. not the only person of color but uh mace windu mace windu right well but it, so like most or at least is another is is black also right so, right, right. Like, okay you're right yeah yeah but uh, like you know 99% of the like uh, uh like people who are meant to be like good you know heroes are like Mm -hmm. white people with like western accents of some sort you know what i mean and like so and the fact that there are so many uh aliens that have like these very particular stereotypes like attributed to various like ethnicities and races is just like yikes yikes yikes, and 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 not only that i there's i could feel like in their mind in casting's mind Oh, like they're being so great in terms of their depiction. They're they're like color conscious casting. Except <laughs> instead, all the people, all the like women that are around or in power, or mm. all the like black people that have any power, they're just constantly being dismissed by who by the hero by the sage of this movie who is Qui-Gon Jinn. Mm, mm-hmm. Like Qui-Gon Jinn is just telling every <laughs> single one of them, you're wrong, you're wrong, out like <laughs> dismissing all of them. Even when in terms of Anakin, we know in the mythos of the show, he's <laughs> the wrong one. Right, right. Totally. And, and, and yeah. Um, and, and so it's, it's just, God, um, the other thing that bugged the shit out of me, which I didn't really think of it when I saw it, because I was 
nine, I aged <laughs> with this film, um, mm-hmm. that, like, Qui-Gon Jinn frees Anakin and he's going to take him with him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't tell the mom at all. He's just like, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna free him and I'm going to take him with me and that's what's going to happen. Wait, you mean doesn't tell the mom like that that he's going to train him to be a Jedi? Doesn't tell him like before going to Watto and saying like he Oh, he, oh, not oh until yeah. they win and he tells the mom that he's free. Mhm. That's when he tells her that they, that he wants to take him. But before that, he is just operating like, oh, I'm going to take him. <laughs> yeah, right, like, right. Like, of course, this will be the right choice and she'll love this decision. Yeah. Right. Ugh, that's so true. Right. Because he's just, yeah, absolutely. And the mom, I mean, what it, it's not surprising to me because like this mom, not only was there like a Virgin Mary birth, so like the Christ. Oh, my complex, God. <laughs> which like, why? Um, but she's just like her entirely a vessel for like how godlike, how perfect her son is. And then as soon as she gets as soon as they like have a little goodbye she's just completely forgotten and like Anakin doesn't even like mention her again you know what I mean like she's just like it's like it doesn't even matter for him you know they're like your thoughts are on your mother I miss her yeah right okay sure sure you're right he said I miss her and that's that you're right I I apologize so that that fixes everything good oh god but then, all, like, I, when she was like, there was no father, <laughs> I was like, I was like, what? Man, you know, it may, well, well, sometimes they say that, you know, like n- they say it. It happens in movies all the time that a single <laughs> yeah. mom will be like, he doesn't have a father. I'm his mother uh-huh. and his father. His father sure. is never out, like, you know, as a way of saying that he has a the the child has a complete upbringing regardless of whether or not there were two parents but then Mm -hmm. she goes she said something like you know i didn't i don't know how to explain it and i was like wait huh and then (laughs) when qui-gon jinn is talking to the the uh jedi council and he goes you know he He's unbelievable midichlorians. I think he might have been conceived by midichlorians. I was like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> oh. Conceived? Like, right, right. God. Nuts. Yeah, just a pure. It's, yeah, it's um, like there's Jedi not even. Force gun just fucking right. coming midichlorians right. all over. Oh my God. <laughs> no, I know. It's so, it's so ridiculous. Um, yeah. Also, I think we've talked about it. I think we talked about this in uh probably the earlier Star Wars movies. But like mm-hmm. the I think it's interesting that we think of planets in the like in in sci-fi it's so easy to like describe a planet as we might describe a city like as homogenous mm-hmm. as a city mm-hmm. like Coruscant. And he's mm-hmm. like a whole the whole planet is one big city i'm like right. well first off none of the ships are moving fast enough if, for, <laughs> if they have to like travel to the other side of the city for anything and then also <laughs> like they're this this many people where does their food come from i mean are they not aware of how vulnerable the planet mm-hmm. is like to a siege 
Right. It's it, so strange, like, because it it's almost makes it seem as though this the planet was always, like, that's just what it is, is a entire city planet. But it's like, yeah, right. no nobody would create, would build up an infrastructure where the entire city, planet is covered in city because, yeah, then you have no food source. I mean, I guess it's, you know, the future slash the long, long past. So perhaps they have a way of, like, creating food that requires no, like, planting or farming or whatever um yeah. actually I, I, yeah in this universe i'm just thinking about food and like where we see food come from like we don't right. actually really see like farming practices or like even really no, I, animals getting killed and then i mean we see like in the like little um you know like market like the outdoor market at a on tatooine there's like various alien animals like roasting on sticks and stuff mm -hmm. but it, but like we don't really know yeah how it right. doesn't make any sense for this for Coruscant to just be in one city and if it was like that would be so many people and like so many different kinds of people and like yeah, yeah it would clearly just have be... no problem with greenhouse gases like <laughs> yeah. you don't think about like also like what is their their power source these are all things that like I just feel like nobody was asking questions about in the 90s Right but now, right. as we actually like see, you know, the fragility of an inner, like even just a global supply chain, like mm -hmm. how mm -hmm. fragile that is, like an interplanetary yeah. supply chain. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> like, it's just, yeah, it's awful. Um, yeah. Yes. Agreed. I also think chorus, like this movie uh more than other star wars movies because in other star wars movies like there wasn't a like the you know the empire had it was clear that like in order to that the the need to like overthrow the the quote unquote government was necessary because the the quote unquote government government in the other movies was like a dictatorship basically but in this one right. it's like you know it seems like the message is that like the bureaucracy of things like the Senate of something that is actually like a Republic, which takes time. And like, there's all these various like checks and balances and, you know, corruption is certainly like happening that like the movie is telling us that rather than like trusting the political system to make the changes, it's better to just like, you know, be a militia or a vigilante and like take it into your own hands because like the government itself won't be able to solve it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, mean, I I think that like, you know, at this, I'm trying, you know, I think that at the time, because, well, also my first thought when, when reading the, the scrolling text as it came down was that mm. this gets kicked off, quote, because of, I mean, without knowledge of Darth Sidious's plot, that this mm -hmm. whole thing starts because of the taxation of trade routes. Mm -hmm. I was like, is this, I was like, is this movie going to be like some sort of like, n you know, neoliberal sort of deregulation movie where, and, and, it, and it kind of is like you're saying that like, oh, with the exception of the fact that any sort of anti-bureaucracy notion is undermined by the fact that like, it's an evil person driving mm -hmm. Amidala to 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 not believe in the power of bureaucracy um mm. like if it weren't for that mm -hmm. then yeah it would just be like look how stupid bureaucracy is it's letting all these people die just like mm. communist russia 
you know? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. totally. Um, also the, the thing that I thought was like the, the, the strangest was she moves for a, when she's like, when the, when, when the, the bureaucrats, um, say that they should they have to like send somebody to investigate she's she's like i move for a vote of no confidence and then he's like oh fuck and then (laughs) they're going to elect a new chancellor i'm like wait a minute right one queen of a planet votes no confidence and they're just electing a new (laughs) chancellor like what is is it we don't need like 60%. We don't need like 75%. Mm-hmm. How much, how much of the Senate do we need? Just one person and mm-hmm. the person's done. Damn. <laughs> you know, like what a, mm-hmm. what a, what a hot seat to be. What a in. system. Yeah. 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 Also yeah. <laughs> this quote unquote queen is mm-hmm. democratically elected at the age of 14. <laughs> what is wrong with the people of Naboo? I mean, like, yeah, Sure, I, like they elected a, a woman long before us, but arguably, um, she's not <laughs> that was really a bad idea. <laughs> right. I know it makes no sense. You can't have it both ways. You can't be a queen and right. be fourteen and coming into power and have been dem- and have have like campaigned <laughs> and right. be like chosen by the people. <laughs> yeah, unless Crazy. she's out there, like you know. Just sort of like some super cynical <laughs> present day election, you know? Just right, right. Drain the swamp. What What do you got to lose? Elect me, a preteen right. girl, because she's not <laughs> newly elected at the time of the movie. So totally. Like, I mean, I guess though, you know, and I'm forgetting. Uh, I feel like that could happen today with like if Greta Thunberg, like you know, could could totally just be like, hey, I'm going to run for president, <laughs> and people yeah, honestly maybe. might elect her. So maybe it's not so far fetched. Uh, oh my god, guess what I forgot to say in the what? in the the pre the pre thing before this. Guess what who, did you forget to say? Guess who uh this was one of her first movies, but um but it was it was definitely in the pre-fame category. Guess who was in this movie? Was it someone who did like a voice of somebody that we didn't recognize? No, they didn't do a voice. Okay. They who? might have done a face. <gasps> done a face. Who was it? Kira Knightley plays her decoy. What? The the like she fake does? queen. Yeah, that's Kira Knightley. Oh my I god! Mean, you know, all of us spending two thousand three to two thousand six being like, wait a minute, who's Kira Knightley? Wait, Kira Knightley is Natalie Portman. Who's which one? You know, like, <laughs> we, like we did that. Yeah. Turns out we were doing that in nineteen ninety nine. Oh my god! Wait, now I'm looking at images. Oh, that's so great because she looks just like, and I literally was like, how did they get those shots where like they're both in the shot? Because Mm -hmm. she looks just like her. Oh my God. That's so amazing. Wow. Because you only really see her like like, that super with the paint on her face. Yeah. 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 Whoa. That's dope. That is such a cool, fun fact. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Um, I also just want to say, I think like, something that I didn't realize until watching it now is like the fact that they decide to like pretty much use and like trick the Gungans like for the sake of, is it pronounced Nabooians? I mean, I guess actually everybody's a Nabooian who lives on Naboo. I would Uh, say it's a Nabooian. 
Yeah. I, did you, I feel did like you I read heard, that in a subtitle, I think, Nabubian? I think that I heard it. I'm now I'm going to Google it, Nabubian. I think I heard oh, oh, Nabubian. Uh, you know, well, Nabubian. One of the Gungans Nabu. might have said it, but even the... Yeah. Nabubian. Okay, there's no second B. Well, I'm going to call them Nabubians. Yeah. But like they... Right? Like they literally... Because like they know... Uh, they know more than they like tell the Gungans. And they like use them to like create an army basically to like distract from the fact that they know they have to go and like turn off the droids from the inside right but they like don't tell the Naboo that there's no reason for them to like be fighting the droids because we see the droids like one like turns dies and like turns back on you know what I mean like and it's like you're just like totally exploiting this like tribal culture (laughs) like to be people like to to die you know what I mean to be a distraction I mean we don't like we don't know exactly what they were told, I feel like, but to me, uh, the the part that I had like more of a problem with was that Jar Jar is like, oh, we have a, we have a grand army, and then we see this grand army, mm, but the grand God. army has only projectiles. Yeah. Like, God, once yeah. the droids close in, they, they have can't nothing. can't do anything. They're, I know, they're just completely... Ugh, yeah, and like they're like promote Jar Jar to be like I'm captain like, you, or what? I mean, like, are you? He's general. What? He's somebody a general, 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 right, general. You're right. Yeah, and like that makes no sense because, and again, yeah, it's just showing that like look at the the comedy of this like backwards culture that like doesn't know what they're doing and doesn't right. know. Ugh, it's really gross. Yeah. Also, I really like the more we know about AI, the more exposed previous ideas of ai like when people really didn't know what they were doing like Mm. (laughs) they become uh the droids like when they talk to what are the people talks to the droid god damn it the trade the leaders (laughs) of the trade federation the viceroys Mm -hmm. when they were talking to the the droid leader about to go in and kill qui-gon jinn and obi-wan because they like have Mm. been gassed he's like use caution they are not to be underestimated. I'm like, this droid doesn't isn't it doesn't have the consciousness of a human. Like it's not right just because right. it has artificial intelligence doesn't mean it's like susceptible to like hubris, right? Like, right or wh- fear, or, right. yeah, yeah. Like yeah, what? so dumb. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I fucking so stupid. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about a different movie? We can talk about a different movie. Um, also, I just the only yes, other, the only only two things I have to say. Three things. One, mm-hmm. the fact that Qui Gon Jinn steals his blood. I thought that was like, oh yeah, crazy. Yeah. I was like, dude, you fucking steal yeah. his blood, dude. That's real um, tricksy. Yeah, yeah, not cool. And then, not cool. You know, for George Lucas, you know, for Spielberg, we we know the future is flashing lights. But for George <laughs> Lucas, the future is very clearly wires. So many wires. C-3PO has so many wires. I was like, oh my God, so many wires. wires. Those wires aren't going to anything. They don't. Right. What does he need all those wires for? Right. right. He doesn't. <laughs> but it looks and cool. Then, it looks, yeah. you know supposedly yeah. that's george lucas thought that right. but then and then the last thing is that like all 
all electronics in this movie, all they need is rest. <laughs> Nothing ever gets repaired. That's true. It's just off for a minute. And does it even, do they charge? Do they like charge things or just like nope. needs to sleep basically? Yeah, that's so interesting. So Bulba breaks his pod, like unplugs <laughs> something so it can't start. So uh-huh. then he's just like, uh, uh. <laughs> flip a switch, boom. And then like his, his, you know, the, the, his spaceship crashes in the, in the, in the end, in the final sequence. And it's like, oh, nope, we're dead. And now we're not. Like, everything <laughs> just needs to rest. Mm. Like, That's so, yeah. What? what? <laughs> I hate that. That's so true. Because it's, away. again, like, like anthropomorphizing, like, imagining the, the lack of, like, honestly, creativity of, like, mm-hmm. and realism of sort of thinking about if you're creating things that are non-biological, like, the only right. way that I recover from things is by resting and like but you know it's like expanding your mind to think about other other like modes that make more sense and that would be different from from humans or like biology and like there was no there was just nothing right yeah in because in later in the later star wars movies like the original ones there are some moments where well, no, I guess like C-3PO like switches off himself off. But I think there is like sometimes when things get like plugged in or charged, but maybe not. Maybe I'm just trying to give the the other ones more credit because I love them. I, but. You know, but or but, you know, we definitely see R2 having to like repair stuff. Right. Um, right. Yes, for sure. Right. Yeah. And droids break down and then they have to get fixed. It's not just like they just rest and they're better. Right. Yeah, that is true. Nobody has a rat tail and a man bun. <laughs> thank god oh my god like, holy shit both <laughs> when he turned around style. i was like you have both a rat tail and a man bun and then cut to anakin at the end and he's got a rat tail too i'm like Jesus, no. catch on. oh my That's god so perfect yes uh, all right well let's talk about the sixth sense shall we let's talk about it all right so again this was a best picture nominee and the second highest grossing film of 99 um, and I'll take us through the plot. How's about? Um, so do it. So this movie, um, in the beginning of the movie, we meet Malcolm Crow, who's a child psychologist uh, based in Philadelphia, and his wife, Anna, who are celebrating an award he received for his dedication to his field and his work. Uh, when suddenly a young man named Vincent Gray appears in their bathroom and accuses Malcolm of failing him years earlier when he was Malcolm's patient. And before Malcolm can try and talk him down, Vincent shoots him and then himself. Uh, The next fall, Malcolm begins working with a young boy named Cole, feeling that he must help him in order to fix his earlier failure with Vincent and to reconcile with his wife, who's become distant and cold towards him lately. Uh, Cole's mother, Lynn, is worried about his social skills and is really, really freaked out when she sees all these signs of physical harm on his body, which Cole never explains where they come from. Um, Eventually, after getting to know each other, Cole and Malcolm, Malcolm trying to get Cole to open up to him, Cole tells Malcolm his secret, which is that he sees dead people who don't realize that they're dead, who are walking around all the time, just like anybody else. Um, And Malcolm, at first, of course, doesn't believe him, but then realizes that this is actually what had happened with Vincent as well when he was a young, younger boy. And, you know, instead of helping him then, Malcolm 
uh, had him hospitalized basically, or, you know, put on medication and didn't believe him. So Malcolm believes Cole about the ghosts. Um, he gets Cole to see if he can help the ghosts who they realize are there because they have some piece of unfinished business they have to do before they can rest. Cole begins to do this and comes to be more at peace with the ghosts and begins to fit in more at school. And he finally tells his mom what's going on with him in a very emotional scene in a car where he tells her that he's seen her mother sometimes who has passed away. Uh, Malcolm goes home and uh, sees his wife, Anna, drop his wedding ring in her sleep and realizes that he's dead. He's been a ghost this whole time, too. Twist. Spoiler. Um, he says his goodbyes. Ah, he, he says his goodbye to Anna, and now that he's helped Cole and redeemed himself for his mistake with Vincent, his spirit is able to rest at last. The end. Yes. Yes. This movie was made. Yeah, it was made for uh, forty million dollars. Six. It made uh, six hundred seventy-two point eight million dollars. Uh, Bruce Willis, already famous. We've already talked about him for Die Hard. Also, mm-hmm. already famous, Donnie Wahlberg. Um, because he was in New Kids on the Block. Do you know who he is in general? No. Wait. Which? Who does he play? Sorry, I can look him up. Donnie Wahlberg. Um, Donnie Wahlberg plays Vincent Gray. Oh, is he related to Mark? Gina, oh, I do be, recognize him. If okay. he knew that, it would be shocking that he played Vincent Gray because he looks nothing like himself. He lost for this role. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. He lost forty three pounds. Oh, my God, wow. for for that like one scene. Yeah, uh, I recognize him now that I see his picture of who he actually is, but I had no idea who he was. Mm. Yeah, wow. Hm. Um, now, unlike uh, unlike. Star Wars that was mostly famous people. This movie mm-hmm. gave us like a number of people. Olivia, so Olivia Williams, who plays mm-hmm. the wife, she was breaking anyway, but this was like her first big success. She does more like British stuff, more like smaller stuff, but she has worked very consistently and like she also just feels famous. I don't know about you, but she just <laughs> looking at her, she feels famous. And it's probably largely because of this movie. And I also recognize her from Anna Karenina, the 2012 one. Um, mm. This is Tony Collette's first role in an American film. This oh was like God. her inter- like international debut. Um, mm. She had only done Australian and one, like a couple British movies. One of which being Emma, which as we do this, as we work on this stuff, every actor in the world seems to have been in Emma. Every time I, the, the, the Gwyneth Paltrow, Emma, it, every fucking actor in the world was in it. <laughs> but then Haley Joel Osment, yes, he was in Forrest Gump, and we've already talked about that, but this movie, I feel like, is the movie that yeah. Really decisively made people know who Haley Joel Osment is. And Absolutely. then also, this movie, we haven't talked about this probably since Jaws, but this movie gave us M. Night Shyamalan. Mm-hmm. You it know, really it, did. This, it was his third movie. And then 
like before this, who is M. Night Shyamalan? Who knows? Oh, the guy yeah. who wrote Stuart Little? I guess. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True right. fact, by the way. He wrote yeah. Stuart Little. Um but, and then after this movie, his yeah. name is is so forever tied to uh like hardcore plot twists and mm-hmm. and you know horror psychological sort of thrillers not necessarily horror mm-hmm. all the time yeah. um now pre-fame we have misha barton who wait was, what yes in this movie okay misha well, barton is the dead girl oh well yeah crazy sorry keep going (laughs) yeah uh you know who she had been in a number of stage shows but it was you know inarguably launched to fame by the oc Mm -hmm. so you know yeah she becomes she she is in the Mm pre-fame territory um now as far as things that this has launched into fame the, the the number one line i'll just give it to you i wonder what it will be okay uh <laughs> i see dead people um, oh, oh, i didn't think it was gonna be that <laughs> and then also the idea of the the twist you know which is mm-hmm. people referring to up oh, he's been dead the whole time you know people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. talking about that um yeah, yeah. that that's yeah. really the principal cultural givings but they are pervasive you know, so this is a movie pervasive. that yeah. did you watch this movie for the first time doing this? Yeah, so I had never seen this movie, which kind of sucks because obviously I knew that plot twist. Uh right. Like you, you know, I knew now. both I knew both of the plot twists. Yeah. So it but I was watching it being like, oh yeah, if I didn't know, I'd be super surprised because you know, you wouldn't expect it. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's done done really well but or nothing objective objective but no okay. i had never seen this movie before but i had certainly i feel like i had seen it because i had just heard those two things basically so often what about you mm-hmm. i mean i saw it uh at the time i saw it in the theater i think Ooh. and lucky yeah, little I mean, boy this is a scary movie to see it was kid. terrifying particularly okay. the um the woman in the kitchen. Oh yeah, that's so scary. I, I I still feel when I see that like inner inner trauma like taking me back to that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it. Being fucking terrified. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um. This is not. Uh, I just have one. My other relationship to this movie, which is not me, but it, uh, my aunt loves telling this story that <laughs> she um she and her husband my this is Quinn's aunt and uncle um but they mm. saw the movie and then they were like driving home after in the theater and her husband my uncle was like super silent and then he was just like I just don't understand why she was so treating him so poorly like why he was trying to open up to her like the wife he, he was talking about and like yeah. you know he was saying all these things and she just like she was just being so cruel. Like he was clearly trying to connect and he just did not, he didn't, he missed the twist completely. He had no idea that Bruce Willis was dead. Um, and I was, and having not seen the movie, I was like until about seven minutes 
till the end of the movie, I was like, uh-huh. I guess you could, there's a world certainly where like, yeah, you could, you could not put that piece together. Uh, and then like, I watched the last like seven movie minutes and I was like, yeah. what? It's so obvious. So he's like, oh, it's really. His shirt suddenly has blood on it. And yeah. then also <laughs> there's suddenly a, a bookshelf in front of the door to his right. office. Exactly. I was like, oh, that's really great. I mean, he might've fallen asleep, I suppose is the Maybe. only excuse. Flashback to Haley Joel Osment saying all the things that dead people don't notice about the world. Yeah. I was like, that's oh, a pretty, he's never going to live that story down because yep. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah. Should we vote? Let's vote. Let's do it. Let's all right. do it. All right. One, two, 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 three. three. Keep it. No. What? I vote. Wait, no. what? I vote. No. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Tell me why. Um, so I think that like the, I think that so much of the movie, I, the way that I heard this described and I I have to say, I agree with it. Maybe it, 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 it tainted me a little bit, but like a movie like this with such a big twist, when you watch it again, should get better, but it, it doesn't really i feel like get better knowing that he's he's dead and like there's a couple things that i feel like are for the most part it has to do with like coal um there's like the fact that the mom sees she has that moment where she like looks at the picture and she suddenly sees that all these pictures have the same like weird lens flare in mm-hmm. them I'm like, and these are all in the photos of Cole that are amassed on this one wall. And I'm like, I'm sorry. You're seeing that randomly while you do laundry, not while you're hanging the photos. Like, I mean, the, but yeah, you, you don't, you're not expect like you, I believe that. Cause it's like when you hang the photo, you're like, oh, there was a lens flare. Oh, well, I'll hang this photo. You know, and like sometimes you just she see didn't things know that you that had noticed. Had, she didn't know that she, he was he was seeing dead people in every single photo you would notice. I don't. Yeah. See, I struggle with that. I struggle with that. But then also we're all, we're also to believe that because he's a psycho. So what you, what we, what we know is Cole is incredibly troubled and the mom doesn't know what to do. So she hires a child psychologist and all of these things that he, that she's seeing the free association that he that he writes the drawing the the screaming the, the general reclusivity the like opening up all the drawers and things like that you know she just feels helpless she doesn't know what to do so she hires Bruce Willis so then when you find out that she didn't hire Bruce Willis it meant that all the time she was experiencing all that stuff she didn't contact a, a professional like she didn't seek help of any kind. Well, yeah, I mean, I I think like she is a she's like we know she's suspicious of like psychologists because you know because she, she hear from yeah because she, she didn't help she, her. yeah because right she wasn't helped and like she also definitely is like as a single mom working two jobs like clearly she couldn't even miss a shift to like go see her son in the star and like a school play and like that she 
you know, doesn't have like money perhaps to like even think to do that. So I don't know. I, I like believe that she feels super stuck and alone and like floundering and doesn't necessarily know where to turn for help potentially. Another point that I, I disliked. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. First off, the guy's name is Cole Sear. That's, I mean, fuck that. Um, his name is Why? Cole Sear. Because he sees dead people. He's a seer. His name is Cole Seer. Oh, and he wears glasses, but they don't have lenses because he sees just like the, um, then he, um, there's also a Latin dictionary that Bruce Willis uses that's called a Sorry, Latin it's dictionary. Seer, though. S-E-A-R. It's not like seer. It's more like you seer your meat. <laughs> yes. But anyways. Oh, definitely. Okay. I think that's okay. it. I definitely think that 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 is correct and not that i'm just saying it's not here and then change the spelling i think he definitely not, you like never even hear his, you never even like hear his last name like i just oh, think sure that wasn't name. conscious that wasn't a conscious decision it, it could have just as equally been smith um it could sure or if like it, it they could have made a big deal about it if he was like seer is my last name you know like like if if it was there it's so lightly done that it's just like a detail you maybe notice maybe you don't okay keep going the latin dictionary something that i think was also just watching this movie in comparison is something that is uh a flaw an inherently flawed way to view the movie i own up to that completely um the Tommy Tomasino, Tomasimo character fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. The, the film knows he sucks. Everybody knows he sucks. He's a fucking piece of shit. Mm-hmm. But I also kind of struggled to watch that knowing that like the kid that played Anakin never worked again because he got bullied so much for acting. So mm-hmm. to like, so I feel like having you know m night Shyamalan, his sort of writer you know hatred of showboaty actors playing itself out in this kid versus like the reality of what like this child actor actor like face i'm like mm. I, it just it, it, it i i struggled i struggled with I, that I one totally I struggled, believe which that i totally i know i know i know there's a flawed way to be looking at the thing i'm people weird get, yes because like yeah i i people get bullied for all kinds of like wherever whatever the person who has asserted themselves as cool has done that that is the cool thing and if you haven't done it then you're not cool so yeah i mean i i totally bought it like because he's like he thinks he's famous and that makes him feel like he's hot shit which i totally believe but i hear you um and I also, just, a kid just to goes like, to a funeral on his own. Uh, totally. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think you are, you're, to me, you're not seeing, I mean, that, like, anybody who seeing? was there. I'm not seeing. I'm not a seer. I'm not in the seer. No, like, you're, I, I think that you're picking out details that uh, either to me are just like, I just think like opinion wise are like opinion, but, or, or like are trivial or are like, yeah, the, if you like can zoom out, I, cause I actually thought this movie watching it, knowing the twist, I was like, oh, I wish I didn't know the twist. And then I, but I also really enjoyed 
watching it knowing the twist because like it made me appreciate think about thinking about like all the scenes where we see Bruce Willis and all the ways that we're like things are slightly off if we were if we were going to be like open to picking up on them um but like when we're watching a movie because the director because M Night Shyamalan knows we're so well trained to just like trust the rules of the world the way that we experience them that like he was playing off of our expectation in that way and our assumptions and like but watching it knowing the twist it was like Oh yeah, like like watching the scene where they're at dinner for the anniversary dinner. Um it was like yeah, our I I I would have totally been like, "Oh yeah, she's just pissed at him." <clears throat> Excuse me, because he's late and like I buy that, you know, but like I just think it was done really really well and it's actually really fun to see and to notice like all the ways that actually the movie is telling us that he's dead. Like time for his character is so interesting because like time does not exist for him like we see time pass like we see little moments of like there's an like a two school plays and like we see them shopping uh and like pick up a pumpkin so it's like fall has happened but like for malcolm's character he just like always is like appearing and like we have no sense of what else is happening in his life you know but like again because we are watching this with our assumptions as a sort of like literate in movie making you know like storytelling classic whatever like we don't we're not expected to like question those things I actually just thought it was really really fun to be like to see how masterfully I thought it was crafted because like I had I enjoyed both like highlighting the the flag moments and sort of like seeing how if I didn't know I wouldn't have guessed you know what I mean um yeah. And I just like really loved, like, I thought that like the mom character was, was really awesome. Like seeing the relationship between her and her son was really, really beautiful. And, uh, the, uh, like her, she, like, even like the fact of the divorce was just sort of like the exposition to begin the story, but like, she wasn't really, she wasn't like defined in any way by like a partner or a lack of a partner. Um, you know, like, uh, I don't know. I just, I really, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I thought, and like, as far as the, like, Bruce Willis, like, I think that this movie, like, it's also tries trying to remember, like, probably how much this movie, like, gave us in terms of, like, it it was, it being so new at the time, like, the, the level of twist and, like, taking, like, a ghost story, basically, and, like, making it really about, like, the person, you know what I mean? And not, and like a true sort of psychological um, study. I just, yeah, I, I thought it was really smartly made. Um, Something I think that uh, my note, you, I feel like you'll phrase it as what a, what a, you know, this is amazing. I, you know, what a, what a great use of uh, visual storytelling. Um, but the note that I, I phrase it is like um, something that is, gifted to us only by the like mediocrity of male fashion is that because like men just wear bland things every scene i would be like oh yeah you're wearing the clothes that you wore that night right every and i didn't time, even I'm notice like, oh, that you're only... even I the only sweatshirt there's one the... scene he's in a sweatshirt yeah. and right. but he put that sweatshirt on that night Right. Which, yeah, I think like details and all the things that you said about like the glasses, like, I don't know, to me, those things are more 
are like super fun details to pick up on or like, you know, symbols that are not lingered on or belabored too long by the director. Like the glasses, like, and because the glasses, especially like if it was just the glasses, that'd be like, Ooh, it's just a symbol metaphor. But like he keeps on as the character Cole, like throughout the movie, we see him like wearing his dad's stuff that he's left behind because obviously he like misses his dad and, or like, you know, it's not even talked about like what that, why they divorced, but like, you know, like, so the glasses were all part of a a vocabulary that the film was building, not just sort of for the sake of one like metaphor symbolism for the fact that he can see things that like we don't see or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, and the shirt, the clothes, the fact that the Malcolm was wearing the same clothes, I didn't even notice until the very end when we saw him dying on the bed and then we saw him again. And I was like, oh, he's wearing the same shirt. <laughs> you know, yeah. maybe that's just me not paying attention to his clothing. But no, but um, like you, it's like a, every time I'd be like, wait a minute, is he in different clothes now? Oh, no, it's just a variation right. on that three piece suit. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. The I also thought that a three piece suit is there are a lot of layers <laughs> that vary between. Can, yes remove and add um i just thought also just thinking about like the character the a really uh pa- strong like contradiction of want and need for cole like cole as a character both like you know is is afraid at first of malcolm because he is afraid of the ghosts um but then like he comes to trust him and everything and he both like wants malcolm to cure him you know what i mean but then if he or to like help him and be there for him and like to help him stop being afraid so like cure him is what i mean by that uh but then also of course at the same time if he was to do that then like malcolm would also go away you know so he like has to be he just has this like it's a really cool contradiction to me at the center of it because like mm-hmm. if he is helped by malcolm then he also loses that it's person like a psychological you know? munchausen we see munchausen by proxy and this <laughs> is its own kind of munchausen mm-hmm. He needs to stay sick. Right, which, yeah. Also, yeah, in many ways. Without this movie, uh, like, I mean, clearly it took 18 years or so, but boy, did Munchausen by proxy take off as a a tool in, in, in thrillers. True. Yeah, that's very, maybe this movie gave us that as far as a. A storytelling reference point perhaps um yeah the writers of the writer of jillian flynn was like what can i steal oh no one's <laughs> stolen from the sixth sense in a while i mean yeah you know gotta steal gotta um steal. but yeah, yeah and, um i also think like because i i think it's funny to me having seen several other m night Shyamalan movies to me, this is the best one because, and like, I, it's funny because it makes me also feel as though like he had both emerged on the scene with this movie and kind of peaked with this movie because unlike with his other movies, like the twist here, like the supernatural twist of this movie is only like part one of the real powerful twist because the real twist is about like the characters and the relationship. You know what I mean? Like the twist here is like, ghosts are real and he does see them but then the Mm. real one is that actually about bruce willis and like about the characters whereas later movies i think like the twists that we come to expect from m night Shyamalan just became more and more about like the twist is that there is a supernatural thing happening you know what i mean which is like to me far less interesting as a movie watcher um and and so i just yeah 
that was something that played into so i you know i'm not an unfeeling piece of you know fuck faced stone um i did like <laughs> um something that i when i was thinking about like do i want to keep this something i couldn't help but think is like this movie like basically gave m night Shyamalan carte blanche access to make loads and loads of shit movies for like a decade mm -hmm. you know and like i mean in a way do we keep this movie and just get rid of his like nine other fucking piece of shit films or i mean do we just get rid of the movie that gave him all those films you know i and and also like his other a lot of his movies even ones like the village which people generally mm -hmm. speaking like he has lots of uh you know there there are claims of plagiarism there claims that basically there oh, a, a significant number of all of his films from signs on have big claims of plagiarism but the majority of people at least the ones that like have any sort of notoriety that their claims of plagiarism would have any sort of um public interest they say like the you know he changed details enough that any sort of lawsuit wouldn't hold water but people claiming that it's like that it's unquestionable that he is using their material uh, now you know unfortunately intellectual property system is fortunately and unfortunately mm -hmm. uh depending on the case it is set up so that you know he 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 couldn't legally be held accountable for like for the closeness of a story like that but like if it's like a lot of movies not only that he had a he and sci-fi the network collaborated to like propagate this story that he like was pronounced dead as a kid and then was like revived and since then has felt like a close connection to the spirit world that like mm. him and the, like the sci-fi network like propagated this and then like and and you know it was eventually debunked and yeah it mm. i i feel like it's a question for me when it comes to like the question of this movie i'm like do i like that this movie gave us M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> I don't know. I mean. Because yes, he gave us it, but it also gave us him. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I the don't know. Like, yeah. with symbiont circle. Exactly. <laughs> Midi chlorians, etc. <laughs> I mean, uh, Shyamalan was basically conceived by the. I was gonna say that. I was gonna say that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I still, I don't know. There are things about other movies of his that I do enjoy, even though I don't enjoy a lot of the. I don't know. You know, like I thought Split was a pretty decent movie. Like, I don't. Yeah. So I, I don't feel. Good I think about it, Split. I. 
Yeah, I've seen Unbreakable and liked it, but apparently it's been relatively panned. Um, Really? Yeah, I haven't seen Unbreakable. I I want to. I heard that one was good too. Yeah, so I don't know. I like. I do think that probably the ego boost that this movie would give oneself to feel like Mm -hmm. my my first big movie was such a fucking hit. Like both in terms of like people greenlighting whatever he wants to do after this, at least for a while, and then also like for himself. For, and I'm saying himself, but I really mean like for anybody like to feel the confidence immediately to sort of just believe that what you write will be genius because like, I, I don't know, like it's, I buy that that would happen. And I think that's not helpful, you know, but like, I also think that there are other things he's done that it's not, yeah, that like were interesting too, you know, um, I just think that probably this success went to his head in a way that mm-hmm. like yeah maybe would probably go to my head too you know um yeah i don't believe that i don't believe it'd go to your head you don't believe- oh thank you no. well thank you Stephen. let's find out if you want to bankroll me for a big 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 blockbuster and uh make sure well, it's a huge success then let's I can't do an experiment you 40 million but he made the visit for 5 million and i think i can make that work all right well great fabulous great yeah. if anyone's listening you're welcome to donate to mm-hmm. uh this venture mm-hmm Thanks. Thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. How do you feel? I don't know. Do you want to? Do I feel changed? Because I, I know you don't feel changed. So the question is, do I feel yeah. changed? <laughs> right. I don't. I don't think I feel changed. Um, you did change my mind. You know, you've changed my mind in the past. You changed my mind about yeah. Shakespeare in Love. So it's not. You know, it goes both also, ways also, for sure. There's two things that I noticed. Like her, like you know, in terms of the like lack of black people in this movie um mm-hmm. yes that's that is certainly true. that it's certainly present now uh if 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 i do believe that if m night Shyamalan weren't you know south asian the couple that is shopping for rings would probably not have been south asian that's something that like you know something you hear about all the time you know is there's never there's there might be diversity in principal characters because like casting things about those, but ancillary characters often go overlooked and therefore almost all ubiquitously like white. So I liked that like this normal couple shopping for a wedding ring is a couple of color. Um, though the 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 fact that the wife is just openly not in love openly in love with someone else that was like a we're just gonna drop that and not like you're just gonna drop a thread like that um the does he have wavy hair and chestnut eyes right well i mean i don't know like that was just it was like a lost love and who knows you know uh it it came out real fast um (laughs) but but the other thing uh is Another thing that I thought was just like so st- stupid, but like a relic, a relic of the time, was uh, so Bruce Norris of mm-hmm. Clybourne Park fame. Um, mm-hmm. He plays the boyfriend, and mm-hmm. he his like sole piece of information, like his sole given circumstance, is that he has a master's. 
I was like, is that considered, was that considered a character in the like nineties? Like, Oh, who's this person? Well, they got a master's. Oh, Oh, enough said, enough said. Like, we don't know what he got a master's in. We just know that he got a master's. Like, um, Oh, and she's flirting with the like store, the guy who works with her. Oh, they're very clearly in a relationship. Well, she, they're maybe I think they're at the budding beginnings of like her attempts to get over, but she can't she can't quite commit to anything. Even you know, I feel like I've, I've read think- it as like because of the like apple picking and things. I feel like there is enough like both emotional and physical intimacy that he feels led to believe that she wants to be in a relationship but yes i do believe that like kissing has been minimal and obviously they have not like had sex or anything um but the but the scene about going apple picking that implies to me that they had been out before sure but then you know he's uh bruce willis spots him through the window and he's like doing the thing where like, should I go back and actually ask her out? Should I go, you know what I mean? Should I go and actually say how I feel? Like, it feels like to me, like a friendship that is clearly blooming into more, uh, but that she's not, hasn't yet been able to like go for it. But, mm. but anyways, uh, but yeah. like, you know, he's got a, ma- it reminded me of a uh, Drew Barrymore's character in um, Donnie Darko, because I feel like, you know, except with the differences, she like has a master's in English. So we know that. And she teaches English. So it's relevant. But like this idea of her having a master's is like a very relevant part of her character. So it's just, it's just funny to me that in the nineties, like people could have a master's and it's just like a very relevant in your face part of their personality. Like a throwaway. Wait. So also, it was First not a throwaway question. line. It was like He's all that the they same. talked about. Bruce Norris is, he plays the teacher. Are they the same oh, person? Oh, no, no, you're right. He does play. I thought that I read that he plays. I was looking at pictures and you want, right. honestly, the teacher and the guy, they look super similar. Right, right. Because then I was like, okay, well, if it is the same person, you know, he's teaching like that. Maybe that's different. But I, I don't know. I actually just thought oh, it was like. Forget. I just I fucking, they look so similar. Um, they do, they do. But, um, anyways, what do you think? How's your mind? I guess, you know, if half, no, 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 look, here's the deal. I wasn't, I wasn't like a hundred percent moot. This movie is gone. I'm like, I was in the, like, I was in the, if, I was like absolute value of maybe five to 10, you know, maybe just five. So have I reduced that absolute value even by six to, to I don't get us in the numbers. range of keeping the if absolute value of zero would mean a no vote. You already have and, your pretentious thing for the day, Stephen. Absolute value is not pretentious. Um, okay, so you're leaning closer towards keeping it than you were before, but you're not ready to fully commit to keeping but it. I wasn't like I wasn't like I wasn't like 
no, it's it's more like this movie isn't out of Africa. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't so vehemently just like wanting to destroy this movie. It isn't Patton, you know, like I didn't want to just mm-hmm. fucking rip this story a new one. There's just enough that I'm like, Ugh. does uh, or do you know, am I just is this movie Jared Leto and I'm Edward Norton and I just want to destroy something beautiful. I don't know. You know, maybe that's the scenario that I'm living in right now. Um, so I've just, I think. Okay. Uh-huh. Fucking fine. No, you know fine. what? We'll keep it. 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 Okay. I'm happy. I'm so happy. Um, awesome. But, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll give you this movie and I'll, I'll raise you getting rid of the rest of M night Shim. <laughs> we'll see about that. Yeah. Um, this brings us to the end of the nineties. We've made it through another yeah. decade. So yeah. exciting. that's crazy. Um, I can't believe that we only have two decades left. It's crazy. Um, uh, unless it just, we, you know, we could stretch it out. So then it takes us another decade to do these two decades. And then we'll yeah, have a full decade, decade to do two decades. Maybe. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Do it in real time. Um, but I'm excited for some special 90s bonus material that we will be bringing your way. Yeah, there's, there's some amazing so, 90s movies that we are going to so have to talk about. 90s movies. I even, even right now, just referencing Fight Club, I'm like, we haven't even talked about Fight Club. And that is like such 90s? a. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. God. Like, there's so many Ooh. fucking. Goodwill Hunting came out in the 90s. Clueless came out in the oh 90s. Fucking. Okay, uh, we might it might take us the rest of the year to just do all the movies in the nineties. We do a whole like decade worth of yeah, 90s. of the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd listen. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's that. Thanks for listening. We're a Rock Rising yeah. Productions podcast. Oh, follow us. You're gonna lead what? us out with the haiku. That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I was about to be like, what? Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Um, we hope everyone is weathering their isolation with a plum. If you need something to do, review us on iTunes. You know, like just we're just trying yeah. to help you. We're trying to help you pass the time. So please Absolutely. rate yes. and review us on iTunes. Love help it. yourself. It helps. Um, great. And we'll be back with some uh, 90s bonus content before you know it. Right, so and I will well, take us well, out. First things first, we're going to have to wrap up this decade. I know. Well, that's part of the bonus content, I'd say. I know it's not but anyway. bonus. Anyways, here we go. <clears throat> Careers start and end. One director soars to fame. One implodes in shame. That's my opinion, at least. <laughs> wow, I mean, I can I can guarantee you, George Lucas did not implode in shame. I mean, okay, but if you forget what came next, lost it was all shame. The, this trilogy of prequels, and then it was the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull Indiana Jones movie, and pretty much that's it. So, I stand by it, much as he stands by these movies after the fact. I stand by my haiku assessment. Okay. Why don't you take us out with that that song that you said is also just like that other song? (laughs) Oh, 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 oh. Oh, uh, 
And then literally the, the episode one goes And I'm cutting. Bye. See you next time. This podcast is produced by Rock Rising. Come follow us on Instagram. And if you want to hear more podcasts, visit rockrising.org. Thanks.